0: Welcome to episode 120 of Eventually Super Train. Hey, is the first episode of 2022. We are a short-lived TV show. We cover short-lived TV shows that never got enough love. Eventually, we will cover Super Train. We go three shows at a time, one episode at a time. Last year, I spent a lot of time in the intro trying to explain exactly how the show worked. Listen to it. You'll figure it out. And I hope you'll enjoy it. If, you, if you're new to the show, hey, welcome. You got a lot to listen to. And if you're not new to the show, welcome back. Welcome. Hope the year is going so far so good for you. And what are we talking about today? What are we doing? What are we doing? Yes, we are doing uh and possibly not in this order. We are discussing well, I myself and Mitchell Hadley, uh the great Mitchell Hadley are discussing Search, episode twenty one, Ends of the Earth. I know. We're getting near the end. It's a little uh little little sad, a little sad. Uh, then um uh Mr Christopher Blind, myself are discussing episode Five of Battlestar Galactica, which is the Lost Patrol, the Long Patrol, the Something or Other Patrol. And then Tim S. Turner and myself are discussing episode 12 of Colchak. Mr. R I N G is the name of the Colchak episode we're going to talk about. And, um,. Hope you all enjoy the show. I think I think we're 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 uh, cooking along pretty good with these three shows, and in a few episodes we'll have a brand new old show starting up. But yeah, please join myself, uh, Christopher, uh, Tim, and um, Mitchell, and I as we discuss these three shows and uh, play a little music and uh, something's on the other side. Listen to this. <laughs> Episode 21, Ends of the Earth. This one aired March 21st, 1973, two months from the day I was born. I am, at this point, minus two months old. Directed by um, somebody, rather. Directed by Ralph Senefsky, written by Robert C. Dennis. This is the last episode with Tony Franciosa uh, playing Bianco. And in this one, uh, he is trying to find out... uh, Well, basically a guy, um, uh, an embezzler, um, uh, apparently commits suicide. But the guy's wife and Bianco don't think so. And so he infiltrates a uh, travel agency called Ends of the Earth. And it's a travel agency that is basically... Um, Actually, I'm, I'm looking right here where I got the credits from on um, uh, uh, Wikipedia, and it's, it says it actually really nicely. It says it's a front for a criminal counterpart to the Witness Protection Program. That's exactly what it is. And he basically tries to get himself in there to see how it works, see what it is, and find out if that embezzler is still alive or what is happening. Mitchell and I are on the other side of this. <laughs> ends of the earth episode 21 of search we're in the uh, we're in the home stretch i would call this the home stretch uh, only this one and two more episodes and this one is as you know this is bianco and this is the last bianco episode uh uh you we will be missed sir we'll we'll we'll, ch- we'll chat about him as we go and i have here as always the great mr mitchell hadley safely ensconced in his new place in an undisclosed location. How are you, Mitchell?
1: <laughs> I am well. How are you, Daniel? I'm doing okay. How the, how the holidays
0: treat you? It's uh, been since Christmas, I think.
1: Yeah, that, it, yes, it has. It's been it's been terrific. And uh, a, aided by the fact that uh, we haven't had any bad weather here. Things have been... Oh, good, uh, good. I, as a matter of fact, I think I can feel like I can say I'm in a completely different state of mine. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> That's all you're getting.
0: That's all you're getting, folks. That's all you're getting. Those of you, you Mitchell stalkers, it ain't gonna be us who gives it away. So, so let's uh, let's dive right because we're getting because it's it's funny because the last three episodes are the each one each one of our guys gets one of the last three episodes.
1: Yeah, so it's
0: So we get a final episode, the packagers, but we actually get kind of three final. Episodes at the same time, and uh, tell me uh, your thoughts, your initial thoughts on "Ends of the Earth."
1: Well, this is interesting because it uh, uh, when I um, originally started watching it, the first thought that I had—I don't—are uh, you familiar with a uh, the, with John Frankenheimer's movie "Seconds"? Yes,
0: yes, yes, yes. yes. The, the, rock
1: The idea that you're having your appearance changed and your identity changed and you can start a new life somewhere else. Well, it doesn't take long before we find out, and I'm not giving anything away here, I don't think, that this is a a similar kind of situation except you're not changing appearances. And you really couldn't when you've got uh, uh, a dependable character actor like Simon Scott Playing uh, the mysterious disappearing man. You're not going to kill him off in the first 30 seconds, and you're not going to have somebody else play him the rest of the time. But otherwise, this idea of an underground railroad for people who want to escape, I found quite interesting, and it um, would have been even more interesting, I think, if we had had time to explore some of the various stories mm. of the people who were there yes. why they were there now obviously that's not what the story is about but uh, you've got this very intriguing storyline and you've also got a really good cast here you have uh, mr French Sebastian Cabot as oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, as the heavy yes. He's like no yes. Mr French don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He it's a pretty fine he, job yeah yeah you know it was kind of yeah i I, I felt that he, he was uh channeling the fat man from the Maltese falcon mm, uh, yeah. throughout but um and and uh, then you have uh, the lovely Diana Muldaur mm-hmm. as uh, a shady character oh, okay. and you you have a couple of real twists in the story where at least I wasn't predicting the direction that it would go it made sense in retrospect but i didn't see it coming and you have some nice interaction once again between bianco and cam between bianco and the client the who is the the wife who uh wants to find her husband uh, doesn't believe he's dead doesn't believe he was guilty of whatever he was accused of having done. And um, what I particularly like in the interchange between them is that she is trying to convince him why he should take this case on. Mm -hmm. And he's skeptical. I won't say that he's ready to say no, but he's very skeptical. And he's asking her some good questions. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden she says something about booking a trip and you could see a light bulb go on over his head and from there there on in he's hooked and he's telling Cam, no, no, there's something to this one and I'm going to get to the bottom of it. And interestingly enough, in a very short period of time, he seems to have essentially put together the entire plot <laughs> yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. So he, he I, I thought, I like I Tony Franciosa in this mm-hmm. series. I, I like him a lot. I was never a big fan of his before, but I like him a lot in this. And I like his character a lot, and he's really good in this. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was a very entertaining episode.
0: So I think I um, you, you actually um, mentioned the uh, the one thing the, the one thing that I don't know if it's it's good or bad but I this would have been a really great two parter yeah. or, or or even if the if the show had been on for like four or five years and they did search the motion picture.
1: Mm, yes. Yes.
0: Could you Could you imagine like you'd spend the first forty 40, 45 minutes following Bianco as he's trailing down all these leads, and he he doesn't learn them as quickly as he does in the episode. I mean, mm-hmm. in the episode some of them almost come a little too fast. Yeah. Sometimes. Um. But but sort of he's investigating it. Maybe he goes to um, uh, talk to whoever delivered the large package. Maybe he goes to talk to some people in the apartment building. Maybe he tries to maybe um he the, he finds some actual information that, you know, like that wasn't the guy who got thrown out there, because they say they, because that's one of the things is, um, uh, you know, uh, well you're, you're not going to be able to find out whether that guy they threw out the window is, is your man or not, because they cremated him. I thought, surely someone should have looked at the body and well, yes. or something, and God, that, that just it seems like in the expediency with which they're running the episode, because there's probably like there there is probably like two episodes worth of stuff in this mm-hmm. episode. And the expediency with which they're doing that may, <laughs> makes you forget if Oh, he's been cremated, that's why. But then you don't think surely someone would have <laughs> like stopped <laughs> and as similar as he looked, someone would have been like no. No, wait one minute. Stop, no. the, stop the conveyor belt going into the stove there. <laughs> I've got a question. Um, and I like the thought of, like, if it were a movie, like, you'd follow Bianco for, like, the... Um, uh, like maybe the first 40 minutes and then he'd have the scene in the parking garage where he's talking to everyone and kind of revealing what he knows and they're kind of, and they're slowly swarming around him and he maybe tries to get away and maybe it's a little a little bit of a chase scene or something and then you think he gets away and someone clobbers him over the head and knocks him out and then it all goes to black and then when it fades back in maybe we're back in like the probe control room and like Lockwood's there or Grover's there yeah, and like beyond, yeah. or maybe both of them are there It's like Bianco's been missing. He
1: was. Please, I was. I was just going to say he was very lucky when he got clocked on the head in the parking ramp. When they come back from the commercial, his head is lying against one of those curbs, and I'm thinking, boy, if he had fallen on that curb, oh yeah, yeah, you know, you're looking at at at, a basketball sized welt on the side of his head, but no, not a scratch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they must have moved him. They have figured, yes. Well, yes. you know, maybe he'll be a little more comfortable if we just mm-hmm. use this as a pillow, yeah. prop him up on it. But, <laughs> but one of the things before I forget about it, that oh, yeah, yeah. when you talked about a movie, um, at the very end of this episode, and I'm not going to give it away, but at the very end as the credits are getting ready to roll for the end of the episode something oh, yes. happens
2: and oh, I, yes, I turned yep, to my yep,
1: wife yep. and i said if this had been made in an era when they did movie spin-offs mm-hmm. this is your movie yeah this is the rest of the story yes yes and i think it would have been A terrific story. And you're right. If the show had run for a number of years, uh, it would have made a great story somewhere in there, too, because it's all set up for it
0: i I like the the idea of just he he's knocked unconscious then you come back and Lockwood and Grover are talking to cam and mm-hmm. maybe cam maybe cam sends lock i i I had the thought it would be fun if like like Lockwood goes to investigate the Johansons or something you know the couple who are in the house who receive yep. a big box, and Grover is sent maybe to look at the um The the corporation that that is sort of ends of the earth related. And, like, sort of you see their investigations kind of build and build. And maybe there's a point where they're like, you know, like one of them's in a building investigating something, and then another's in a building investigating something. And then they open a door, step out in a hallway, and they're both in the same hallway. (laughs) And they suddenly realize that they've been coming at the same thing from opposite directions,
1: sort of. You know, well, you know, you and I are both big fans of. Uh, the, the Warner Brothers shows from yes. the 50s and 60s like uh, 77 Sunset Strip etc and th- every once in a while you'll remember that those series would bring yes. all of the regulars in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and this is really Town a series. The day. Yeah, yeah, yep this is really a series that needs something like that. Even if you're yes. just go, if you're going to have one of them as the star, you know, even though even though Ephraim Zimbalist Junior is globe trotting, you've got Kuki there to. Yeah. Give him some muscle, and you've got uh, Roscoe there to provide some information. Uh, you just uh, you just need need that, and I think and this would have been a terrific opportunity when you're talking about them checking out each part of the case. Imagine if you had the screen split into thirds, oh, and you just do for that. a moment. This was... yeah. You can show them all working at the same time, mm-hmm. and if you, if you want to focus on one of them, you just blow that one up to the excuse. Yes, the other that two. that
0: would be fun. And then you could have the moment where um, maybe maybe um, like Bianca's in the middle, and 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 Lockwood's going through one doorway on the left, Grover's going through one doorway on the right, and then all of a sudden you just go to a big screen with the two of them in the hallway together. Yes. And, and you just have, like in... Um, I was gonna. Yeah, I was thinking either um, uh, there's a great film. Well, I like it from around this town called Wicked Wicked. Yeah, I've it's, heard of it. I've not it's, seen it. It's written, directed by Richard L. Bear, who's mostly known for um, directing like 160 episodes of Green Acres. Ah. And Wicked Wicked is almost entirely in split screen. But on occasions, it goes to full screen, and if you see it big, like those occasions, I'm like, "Whoa!" Those moments when it happens, they're like, it, it they're very arresting. Like, like you, you, you know, they're. I, I'm not going to ruin anything for anyone, but that, that's sort of what I thought of when you mentioned that right there. And of course, I think of like, um, it's like Brian De Palma with like Sisters, where there's there's a great scene where the you know like the the left side is. Um, I forget, I forget if it's Jennifer Salt's character. She's kind of like looking in a hallway trying to find something. And the other side is the guy trying to clean up a murder. And there's a moment where they... Oh, they do this in an X-Files episode, two, Triangle, where there's a split screen. Where they, Oh, wait a second. Sorry, I've got a new phone. And it's very loud. And I don't know think who I this is. That one. I, I uh, <laughs> It's very loud. And I'm going to put it under a pillow. Here you go. I don't know who that is. Um...
1: Yes, don't but put I, your I, don't put your light under a bushel basket. But it is acceptable to put to your put phone, uh, phone under a pillow. Under a pillow. <laughs>
0: um, what was I say? Oh, oh, yeah, I, I like that thought with the split screen because there, there's a moment. Yeah, and sisters where like, she, like, they cross paths sort of and go onto the other side of the um, the uh, split screen. And there's in the X Files episode Triangle, it's like during the fourth act, one side is is modern day and the other side is back in like the forties. And there's a moment where um, uh, uh, Scully, and I forget if it's Mulder or the, the um, it, could, it could be, um, I guess it is it was her and Mulder, they're running down a hallway on the left side of the screen and her and Mulder from, the, oh no, or is it her and the lone gunman, are like on the other side of the screen. And then when they meet at the center where the line is of the split screen, they cross over onto the other sides. And so there, there's a moment where they, they There's a split second where they kind of vanish In the space and then they're suddenly Going the other direction uh, Down the hallways and they've kind of flipped The pictures and there's a moment where both The mm-hmm. Scullies kind of stop and look At the center of the screen in confusion And then keep moving And so um, I, I, I like that idea With the split screens and, yeah, and you could do that When you're setting up like a section you would have the split screens Up that would show where everyone is And maybe for a time you wouldn't have Bianco there it would just be the two of them, yeah, because they don't know if he's alive or not.
1: Ooh, I like that.
0: I like. I, and the thing I like about it is, uh, it's it, it could be it could be the, the reveals of things could be like um could be almost James Bond size, you know, like discovering that you know Doctor No's hideout or discovering um that this volcano has. A huge rocket launching base in it with a hundred ninjas. No, no, the ninjas come later. But you know what I mean. You know, yes. it, it, it could be one of those things where gradually they build and build and sort of get to a point where they're like, oh my gosh, and they find this huge worldwide network of like some good people, but mostly not so good, like disappearing and then reappearing at other spots in the world and stuff like that. And I, 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 I think that would be, I, because I like this episode. Yes. but this, but but this episode is basically like a Cliff Notes version of it it's well, like we got half the time to do it in so we can't diddle around
1: so I think this you've, this you've, you've got it that the idea that shows you how good a story this yeah,
0: it's is re- it is yeah it is it's, um, and it's, it's actually as I was watching it there were points when I thought boy I'd like it if we spent a little more time with that, like you said, like I would have liked it if we spent a little more time in the um, sort of like the the safe house, the halfway house.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know,
0: you wonder. I mean, because there's that, and I mean, and 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 Sebastian Cabot's character does have a Bond uh, type moment. Oh, or is it him who I forget? Is it him who says? um, Uh, Where where Bianca says something like "You could have Hitler in here or something," and and he's like, "He's like Hitler. That would have been fascinating. (laughs) I would have loved to." And he's very Bond villain like, like who knows? You know, they saved Hitler's brain in one movie. Why can't they save? They say they saved him in Flesh Feast, and they saved Hitler's brain, and they saved Hitler's brain. They saved him all over the place.
1: You can almost see him with uh, with his fingers like uh, like uh, Mister Burns in the yes, Mm,
0: yes, exactly. (laughs) Mm Hmm, and it's 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 a it's it's great because I th- I think it's I think it's a really uh, uh, well done episode. It's a good one to end um, Bianco on, and it is a nice sort of globe trotting episode, which I like. And they are in L.A. in the beginning because you can see the Capitol Records building in the background of one shot, and there's only one building that looks like the Capitol Records building. So <laughs> let's, right. let's not pretend. <laughs> um, and but it really does have a globe trotting feel like when they end up in Africa with him being chased through the veld.
1: Mm-hmm. And Tony
0: Franciosa does some really nice jumps or his stunt double does. Stunt, or yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does some really nice jumps across streams and places like that. And um, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to rule. I mean, obviously, you, you would have known it ends in chases and stuff like that. And, it's, um, and they, they really do sort of go Around a big tra- I mean, they've done that in previous episodes of the show, but in this one, it's more like. Um, and you could, you well, you could have spent more t- time too, like when he's put on the boat, and he's taken to wherever it is. You could have spent more time yes. lingering on that mm-hmm. too. And um, it's 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 basically like almost every scene in here, in a, in a movie. Um, with a, with a bigger budget and more time to make it, you could have expanded on everything just slightly or sometimes even more.
1: Yep, I was thinking that, uh, you know, as suave as he is, he certainly would have tried to take some time to seduce uh, Diana Moldauer's yes. character. Yeah. And, uh, of course, if he was Bond, he would have succeeded. But that mm. would have been, especially on the ship, that would have been a natural. Thing. Yes,
0: yes, because they they would have yeah, – you, you would have – because since it's since it's a TV it's a TV show, the stuff you see on the ship is him in a tiny cabin with a porthole yeah. and some stock footage. If it had been an actual feature, he would have been on the deck. He would have been looking around, looking out at the water, maybe trying to figure out where he was, mm-hmm. things like that, and and it would have been more expansive. And it's it's I, I think it, I think it is a really I, he's um, Robert Dennis who wrote it. Um, I looked up his credits. He wrote for a lot of things over a lot of years. And, um, and, uh, and I like the way he, he writes this he, he, he takes an idea he, I mean yeah I would love to see the search search the motion picture I think that would be kick ass.
1: Why don't they uh, just reboot this series?
0: They, you think they would? I mean, and even with with the with the technology, because the fun thing with the technology now is they'd be running to keep up with the villains' <laughs> yes,
1: they technology.
0: Would. So that would make it even more entertaining if the if they would encounter villains who had the same technology. But I, I love the concept of following. It reminds me of like. Well, not quite like it because you don't go back to these characters, but like Twin Peaks Firewalk with Me, mm-hmm, yep. where you spend the first forty minutes with the um, the two guys, and then they kind of vanish, and then you don't see them again. But imagine if you did see them
1: again—that <laughs> that would be. I'm not going to
0: have David Lynch direct the search. Direct the search but, um, uh, well, wouldn't that be as, interesting? <laughs> as much, as much as I'd love it, as much as I love it, I don't know that David Lynch does action that great. He he doesn't do action a lot. And so, so I would I would prefer director James Cameron. He does great action. He's one of the, he's one of yeah. the best action. Let's have him do it. You know, let's uh, maybe someone from Hong Kong or something like that. Let's have them do it. They can bring in the action, and we can we can um, have a good script in there. But uh, but overall, yeah, I think this is a this is a very. Fine way for Bianco to go out. He gets to do all sorts of shtick with his pretending to be the gangster, with his like fishing hat on,
1: Yeah. <laughs> and pretending <laughs> to be kind good of in that, dopey.
0: Uh... Yeah, and they they uh, they they pull their their few moments here and there where it's like, oh boy, kind of most. We won't we won't ruin him but um, there's a there's a lot going on, and I I I do say I I I do love the moment where he's he's in the little room that he's been tortured in and there's I want to talk to the big man not realizing it's Sebastian Cabot um, but I want to talk to the big or whatever it is he says Uh and then all of a sudden you hear Sebastian Cabot's voice and then the wall directly in front of him rolls away and there he is it's literally the wall in his office leads into the torture room and it's it's so weird because at first I thought there was that was either going to be like a big screen mm-hmm. or maybe there would be glass there, but no, he gets up and walks right in. Later That's on,
1: truly a Bondian moment.
0: Yes, yeah, that, that kind that, of thing. He, he he, I mean, he has this is this is a head of a corporation who has a wall in his office that rolls away what he wants it connects to a room where they torture people
1: i mean we've always <laughs> suspected that this is the way big business operates yes, but to yes. see it validated to like see, this
0: because <laughs> the moment the moment it happens you're like how did you explain that to the carpenter was that was was that like put in the bathroom but i want a sliding door you know what i don't want a bathroom just make it a little break room a little quiet room for me Okay, sure, sure, but whatever you, you want.
1: Soundproof too. Because yes, I don't want to true. be disturbed.
0: Oh, and soundproof, soundproof.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: and don't worry about the chains on the wall. That's just that's just a thing. That's just a thing.
1: That's like, next. Next on HGTV.
0: <laughs> and, and the funny, the funny thing about that rope too, if you think about it, is that not only is when the when the wall retracts and you see his office and um, Bianco's in there. There's like a door to the right of Bianco, where the, head, the the guys keep leaning in and coming in and meeting him. And there's a huge painting on the wall on the other side of the wall, and, but that has like a little hidden Nero Wolf style window where people can look into the room. And that's and on the other side of that, you, you get this little space where people can look in and a huge dark hallway. So it's like if right behind that back wall. There's a little torture room, and then there's a huge hallway that goes off into the distance. It's like, oh gosh, we're um, and I'm imagining that the guys when they go in through that little door into the torture room, there's probably more hallway there. Probably. I don't. I don't. I don't know the way. You know. I. I don't. It's a, It's an interesting setup to think about. <laughs> the more you do, like, how is that? What is that? I want a blueprint. I want a blueprint of how he did that.
1: It's almost as interesting as trying to figure out how uh, Probe Headquarters is laid out. Yes. Yes.
0: Yep. Exactly. Um, uh, let me just check one thing here. I'm just. Um, uh, yeah. And this. Th- we will mention that. Um, I'll mention that this is another one in the boring room. Yes. Um, now, I, I'm thinking, in my mind, I think it's in the boring room because Cam doesn't um, think it has much worth at first. So they get they get um, located to the boring room, but then when things pick up, the main room has already been rented out or is being used. I don't mean rented out like they're throwing a Greek wedding there or something. I mean like rented <laughs> out like someone else is doing probe stuff in there. And I like they they <laughs> move the computers over to one side, and we got a bazooki going, and we're all dancing. Well, uh, but what
1: you don't know is that other room when it's not in use, it's rented out to number two. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, like you said, you know, we were worried they were having money trouble. Yeah. So who knows? Who knows what's going on there? Yeah. Right? But, um, uh, but I, I and I, <laughs> I will say I, I hate this. I hate to. Say, I, hate to uh, I hate to be this guy. But it is. It is funny that in the big room, you have a host of people who help out. Um, and the people who help out are a mix of, and you know, I'll, I'll just be there are a couple of women. There's an Asian guy. There's a Hispanic guy. There's an African-American guy. But in the small room, everything is done by one white guy. And I thought, thought, (laughs) that's all you need. Just... just." I have one white guy you know it's, but it's funny because it's like in, in the big room it was always like uh give me give me the language on that what was that sound check the telemetry do this and they're going all over the room and everyone's got something they do it's but in the right. small room it's just this one guy sitting there going there that sounds like a Winchester rifle to me yep yeah, that's polish no I don't know you know he but he's just and he knows everything mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like why don't I get more of him? You know, put one of him in each room. That'll cut down. If you're if you're if you're low on cash, hire a white guy. <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why not hire a white guy? <laughs> but it's so it's just, I thought of it in this episode because you don't get close-ups on him. He's always in the back of the shot, and he's always just like whenever something happens, he just throws a comment in. And you know it's like that's it's the, the, that's the that's the oh, that's the sixth moon of Saturn you know something like that you know like uh, that's uh, Pluto's not really a planet you know you heard it from him for you know it's just that he throws out these things and it's just like uh, well, but if, the,
1: if, if it was a longer show if it was uh-huh. again if it's the ninety minute or the two hour episode we're talking about every week he's back there throwing out some of this minutia and you can see Cam starting to get frustrated, and finally turns around and says something like, you know, thank you, Mr. Johnson, I think we get the picture.
0: You're like, I know you're the boss's brother. And you can yell out as much as you want. But about 50% of what you said is incorrect. You're making some of that up. I, I am not. Ooh, I smell waffles. You do not smell waffles. Shut up. No. Would you stop doing that?
1: Actually, I, that would have been a good line for Bianco to have when he's listening in and he says something like that. And Bianco says, you're making this up, aren't you? <laughs>
0: I don't believe you. You're in the ugly room, aren't you? You're that ugly room, and there are lots of people behind you at those old-style computers, which we not old-style in 1972, uh, you know. But those, you know, the big reel-to-reel computers, just not paying any attention to you. You're like crammed in a corner, you know, like they like cleared out a cleared out a portion of the computer room and stuffed you in there, you know. Um, uh, yeah, I I think I will say if if they did the search movie, I would want it to be. Um, it doesn't have to be James Bond budgeted, but I would want it to have a good budget. Mm-hmm. I I would want it to have, I would want them to, you know, not that they do this a lot, but I don't I don't want to see a lot of rear screen if they're doing stuff. I if they're on a if they're on a ship, I want the the ocean behind them. Yep. If they're in a car, I want I want gumball rally. I want it all. I want the I want them in the car. I don't want the rear screen projection where I'm looking and going, okay, yeah, we all know that's fake, and it always bothers me. It doesn't matter what it's in rear, rear screen projection unless you're doing comedy with it, like airplane rear screen projection, like in a car, always bothers me. And I, you know, and but but I I mean because I I could see it if if they did it big, it would be something to see.
1: I want to see Mission Control. Yeah, oh, when they're yeah. doing this, I don't want just some piddly little thing. At Mission Control, Houston.
0: Yeah. Yes, oh, yeah. Wow, that. Mm. And that would be funny if that was like, if at the end of the movie they had to move into the even bigger room <laughs> with the computers. Could you imagine that? Oh. It was like the big unveiling, like in the last act. It's like, okay, well, we need to now do this and now do this, but we don't have the space we certainly don't have it in the you know the corner of the break room room and and uh, you know and and we, we, we don't have it anymore in our usual big room but we have a brand new big room and you go in the room and it would be something where like um uh the, the first shot would be like maybe you uh um you you you're in an elevator with like Burgess Meredith cameras right behind him the doors open and you step out with the camera right behind him and you just see all this bright light and then it cuts to a shot of him from the front kind of looking, getting adjusted to the light and just his jaw dropping and then all of a sudden you get kind of this overhead shot of this huge room and you just get a tiny cam just like in the corner with the elevator doors you have the elevator doors closed Uh, behind uh. him so so you can see the movement of the doors and you know that's him and your eye would move to that and then you see this huge room and then the camera would just, because you got you got to get the size of it, this huge. And they just kind of scope over the room and look at the different places and the different spots. And then Cam, maybe he, his, he has to maneuver into the center of everything. So you get to see everyone. Hey, Cam. Hey, Cam. Hey, Susie. Hey, Tom. Hey, Steve. Hey, Johnny. <laughs> hey. Beverly, what's going on? Everyone, hi! This is a great room. This is a great room we got here. This is really because I I like the thought of because that would be fun, right? Because one of the things is when you when you see, you know, like when when they did the TV movie for Doctor Who in the mid Mm nineties, one of the fun reveals was the new TARDIS console room. Yeah, this enormous room. You know, and and so in search you can really only have one big reveal, and that would be the new control room,
1: which would be worth it.
0: Yes, which would be have this huge space and then and then, when the next season began like like when they made the bat boat and the bat plane for the Batman movie season two of Batman, they used the bat plane and the bat boat and and they, this would be the same thing they'd sometimes not all the time, but sometimes they'd use the big room but i i like I like that like um we we can't use this room anymore or or how how about how about oh Okay, I'm gonna stop talking about this real quick, but I keep getting ideas because we gotta <laughs> all get on with our lives. But but what if what if even the concept of because we've had it happen before? What if someone from ends of the earth learns what Bianco or the guys are up to, and they like put a bomb or put something in the main computer room? Maybe not to blow it up, but just like to destroy all the equipment. Ooh. And then, and like something begins to happen, like the equipment begins to shudder or shake, or, or things begin to explode on the cut, con- and they all have to evacuate. And as they're evacuating, you see like the consoles blow up and explode, and you see like the the whole room. It's like, like at the end of season five of the X Files, when the cigarette smoking man burns the X Files room, and you just see all their cabinets and their desks and everything just a burnt mess. And something like that, we're like And, and they, they get out there and everyone's safe And everything's okay But then, then, then maybe And maybe you shoot it the same way You shoot him going into the other room Camera behind him on the elevator He steps in, but this time there's no light And then you see his face And it's sad, and then you see the overhead shot Of all the ruined computers And all the destroyed, and it's, it's the people from ends of the earth Trying to stop them um, From finding out more about them So they destroy the main computer room And so they have that's it. Then halfway through the movie they have to go in the stinky room because they don't have the main room anymore. Ah. And so they get to they get to use the stinky room and you get to see how it really works. Not just like three people crammed in a corner but you're like this is the secondary room we only use this one when we really have to or it's like you know we're trying to rescue someone's dog or cat or something you know or 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 you know um or or cam has some you know admin to do i don't know you know but but now they have to use this makeshift room as the other room is being built and maybe that causes some slowdown in the investigation and then finally for the last act when everything is hitting the fan, and it's it's huge now, maybe, maybe they're even doing like Moonraker, and they're sending people into space. I don't know. It's crazy. At the end, they go into the big new room. <gasps> I love this. Take this down. Someone write this down. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna write this. I'm gonna write this. I'm gonna write this as a half novel, half screenplay, so we can publish it as a book. And people, because yeah. if we if we publish it as a screenplay, people will go, oh, this is a failed screenplay. But if we mix it up, we call it postmodern. And no one is any the wiser. I love Could it. Could you imagine how much fun is that? I mean, like, like, like a halfway into it, this huge awesome room is destroyed. So now they're in this crappy room. I mean, maybe, maybe there's even a point where they're in the room and like, um, someone starts setting up tables behind him because it's it's Susan's baby shower and it's her last day or something like that. He said, "You can't do that in here. We're we're, we're doing something." Cam, what what is? Do you want to do? They destroyed your room. We, this is the room we use for that. And maybe someone in the bag is like, "Yes, we do use this room for the baby showers and the parties." And as 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 they're going, <laughs> maybe that's too silly. Because I was going to say, as like maybe something really tense is happening, like they're hitting a pinata behind them <laughs> or something, <laughs> you know. And as he's reaching to hit a button, all of a sudden candy just showers all up. Maybe it's getting a little silly, but but there there is no reason why there is comedy in the show, so there's no reason why. You couldn't. Um, we're in a we're in a makeshift room now. These are the only computers we have that you can use at the moment, and unfortunately, the only place we do. We had to um, basically take over the lunch room. So you are occasionally going to get some people who come in here, and um, you know if they if they cook fish in the microwave, it's going to stink for a while. We apologize about that, but yeah, not that we'll do that. But oh, I love it! I love it! Write, write all write all that down, Mitchell. We're going to we're going to we're going to do our search: the motion picture novel. And then if someone wants to make it in a movie, we can do
1: that. Well, we'll, we'll be glad to uh, do uh, First Refusal on the screenplay.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so uh, so oh, anything else on this one? I think I've covered all I <laughs> I don't had. think
1: I can top it. I don't think I dare try. <laughs> <laughs> Except I do like the idea of Cam walking into the control room and everybody at their panels turning around and yelling, Cam!
0: Yes, yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah
0: i mean i was i was gonna say yeah i mean you, you could even you could even have something too or maybe maybe they 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 send someone an attack cam or something like that now i mean maybe the movie's going on too long now but um uh yeah you could you could have but uh, yeah i like the thought of him walking in the big room and almost with like a tear in his eye as he's looking at this gorgeous huge room and like everyone turns around and goes cam He's like, "Hey everyone, Steve, Bev, Johnny, <laughs> Susan. How y'all doing? Oh, it's good to see you. That's a big room, huh? Okay. Well, let me put my little thing on here. You got my coffee, and someone hands him a crappy styrofoam cup of coffee. And he goes, "That hasn't changed." We just spent four billion dollars on the new computer room, and the same part of my friend <laughs> shitty coffee machine, and that would be the only swear you hear in the in the in the movie. Yep, I I, I like that because you you'd expect if it we're put in a movie we might get a little grittier, a little more adult, as it were. But I like the fact that that would be the only that would be the only thing because he mentioned it earlier how crappy the coffee is, and mm-hmm. then maybe when they're in when they're in the secondary room the coffee's even worse, <laughs> and then as he sips the coffee he's like, you guys. It's just see, brilliant brilliant setup, same old shitty coffee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I think I think we're done on ends of the earth. Yes. Um, we've so gone we've to the our, ends
1: of the earth and back. We,
0: we really have. We've done, that's our so that's our search motion picture idea. And so let's Mitchell, make sure work we find you online.
1: You can find me at it'sabouttv.com uh chatting about classic TV shows like search and all yes. kinds of other cool things.
0: All right. So thank you again, sir. And uh, boy, I really want to write it now. I mean, just think how much fun. I mean, you, you, shut up, Dan. Um, so uh, next up, I don't know what's next. I don't even remember where we are now. Oh, oh, um, I think some Kolchak is up next. Enjoy this. And uh, we'll be back in the next episode with the final uh, Lockwood episode, Suffer My Child. Uh, talk to you then. Episode 12 of Kolchak, Mr. RNG, Mr. Ring, directed by Gene Levitt, written by L. Ford Neal and John Huff, January 10th, 1975. This one's very simple. Scientists build a robot. This one's very simple. Scientist builds a robot. The robot escapes and goes on sort of a rampage, um, trying to survive and trying to gain knowledge and trying to give itself a face. We'll talk about that as we go along. But that's basically what this is. There's some sort of strange thing escapes, and Kolchak hunts it down, and it's an android. So uh, listen to a little bit of this, and Tim S. Turner and I are on the other side. Mr. R I N G. The 12th episode of Kolchak. And I have here with me the man we call Mr. 2022. Tim S. Turner, Tim, how are you?
3: I am good.
0: Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's Mister T I M S.
2: No.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, I'm glad to be back in the new year talking about an episode that I actually really like.
0: Oh, cool! All right, please dive right in. Tell me, tell me what you think, all about it.
3: Well, you know, okay, I think that this one. Uh, you know, we've heard a lot in the past about how Chris Carter always says that Coleshack was his inspiration for the X-Files. This one really feels like an X-Files episode. It's a very uh, serious episode, really. Uh, there's only one uh, fatality, and that's at the very beginning. And um, you you have a monster that in the end is sympathetic, and the monster's death at the end is really sad it, it's touching even though it's yeah. just a robot but he's been given a survival instinct and uh I, I think this is actually kind of like for me like with firefall i think this is like a surprisingly uh good episode snuck up
0: on you or sneaked up on you
3: yeah you know?
0: because i think the the title is um is somehow one that you see and think mr r-i-n-g was this for four-year-olds? What is this, Mister Ring? <laughs> yeah, um, but it's—I uh, <clears throat> was surprised because I hadn't—I had not seen this one in a while. And as with Firefall so, so long ago, um, it's really very good. And like you said, the the opening sequence with Carl sitting at his desk saying, "I I, I don't remember exactly where I've been. I don't know how long I've been gone. Um, all I remember is the men talking to me at." demanding you know i tell the truth and breaking me down i remember the injections and then he says more or less that at the end too and it's very right. much i mean it it the, the episode it reminded me uh, right off the bat of with the x-files was and i'm not being naughty but it's the second episode which is called deep throat knock it off all right you know what i'm <laughs> talking about when i say that um and because that one is that's the first one with the um the first of uh, Mulder's three big um you know inside informants and Correct. this this is the old gentleman who meets him in the parking lot and they guide him to a place where some kids have seen UFOs and it's a government place and there uh, there are planes there that are flying unlike any planes you on earth and in the end like uh, Mulder gets deep into this government base learns that the the parts in this plane were taken from a UFO, but the government gets hold of him, experiments on him, does strange things to him, and then he winds up like outside of there, not remembering anything that's happened to him over the past few weeks. And that's very much what this sort of feels like.
3: Although, yeah, this really does feel like kind of like uh, when you can see Chris Carter going, "Yes, yes, this at, is it." <laughs> yeah, because you know, he
0: because it said he also loved the magician too, which yeah. aired I think the year before. I could be wrong on that. Don't quote me. It could be airing at the exact same time. Um, obviously, the magician is what they're watching when Samantha gets abducted in in the X Files. And um, I say obviously, like every everybody knows this. Did that sound like a jackass thing to say? Uh, should I have said it? Like I I do that sometimes, and I say, well, obviously, my mother is third cousin to Merle Haggard, you know, or something like that. You know, I'll say something, and you know, you wouldn't know it. Why would you? You know, but um, but. He, I, he around this time, obviously, he loved the magician and he loved Kolchak. Now, not that there's a lot of magic in um, the magician, but um, but it was a show he loved. So, but yeah, this is very much like this is this is very. I think this is probably it, it's funny. Like the aliens one, you thought would have been very X Filesy, and it is. In that they sort of lead you to a, a lot of like a lot of the early X Files episodes. They sort of lead you to a point, and then I, I was going to use the episode Conduit, which I think is the fourth or fifth episode of the show, where you get all kinds of information about aliens and this kid and this family who might see some aliens or stuff like that, and then in the end it's all inconclusive, and that's sort of what the aliens episode does. But this one has more of a feeling of that, like the with the government swarming in and basically, I don't know. Torturing Carl or something—I don't know. But, but oh
3: yeah, it's—it's yeah, it's, it, right off the bat. It's a—it's very sinister. Uh, it's—it's it's almost got like a, a film noir feel to it. Mm. Like uh, it's almost like the beginning of uh, of DOA or something, you know. Yes. <laughs> with, with Carl, he's, he doesn't quite remember all the facts. He's trying to get him onto the tape recorder as quickly as he can. Yes. Before it disappears from his brain and um. It's just um, they like, for instance, like at the beginning, okay, like the the creature, uh, the creature, it's a it's a robot. Mister Ring is hmm. is basically a, a robot, and he kills the scientist who's supposedly, I guess, at the time he's supposed to be shutting him down. Yes, I believe. And that that's is. why he kills him is because they the the the, uh, the woman, uh, Doctor Dwyer. Uh, she implants a survival instinct in him mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to die, so he kills the guy who's going to kill him. And that's the only death in the episode. Yes. And yeah. <clears throat> the rest of the time, it's really just the robot trying to uh, make itself appear human. Yes. And it, it assaults uh, a male uh, carrier and takes his uniform. And then he goes, he sees a mask. In a, a store window, and by the way, th- is it just me? Or does this look like Michael Myers almost?
0: It does have a bit of a yeah. That when he when he's wearing the mask, it does have a, a bit of a feel of that. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it, it's, it's, but it's like blue with mm. like a star on it or something. Yes, yeah,
0: like up in the, about the eye, with something like he's he's in Kiss or something like that. Like he's
3: yeah. Like, and then the, in the creepiest scene, and it reminds me a lot of the uh, the Preston Foster scene in Doctor X where he's got this flesh-colored makeup oh yeah and he's yeah. smearing it on the mask to give himself a, a human face mm-hmm. that's re- that's great TV yeah yeah it's very creepy looking and as you find out though as, as the episode goes on it's almost tragic because he wants so badly to be accepted as human mm-hmm. that's the whole point of him putting on the clothes, putting on the mask, making himself look flesh-colored. Yes. And in the end, when he has the the, the, the flesh-colored makeup on, it looks almost exactly like the mask in Blood and Lace. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yes,
0: yeah, yeah.
3: With uh, well, uh, yeah, Dick Tayback? Yeah, 1970,
0: yeah, with Gloria yeah. Graham. And uh, what's her name from uh, Melody Patterson,
3: is it, from... Um... Uh, yeah, uh, uh, F Troop,
0: so. F Troop, the F Troop, and
3: uh, yeah. Uncle Leo. Um, yes,
0: with the with the great twist ending where you are like, Ew.
3: oh, it's so gross, it's um, really gross. <laughs> but yeah, but like the makeup that he puts on his yes. face looks just like that mask <laughs> from Blood and Lace. It does,
0: it does. Wow, um,
3: wow. and it uh, you know, at by the end of the episode because of course he can't being Kolshak, the 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 creature can't live on. Um, it's when he dies it's so sad yeah because his last words are mama mm-hmm. to the the, yeah. the 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 scientist the mrs uh, miss dwyer mm-hmm. um and it's uh and even carl is kind of like yeah yeah good work dummies yeah, yeah.
0: you know yeah. basically He's like, yeah no please uh damn it and you, you know what's gonna happen it's sort <laughs> of um and I, I wonder if, if when when it first aired, if it had sort of the same inevitable feeling that you know post X Files it has, where you're like, the moment you sort of see it trying to be human, the moment you realize it is sympathetic, you're thinking, okay, so when is the government going to come in and kill it?
3: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, uh, there, there, um, uh, yeah, he, the um, there, there's there's a scene I, I really like it here. It's it's just a little scene, the first scene where Carl comes into the office. And um, Updike is going to San Francisco. Yes, and 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 it's great because the whole the whole scene is the camera is right o- looking right over Miss Emily's shoulder, and it's kind of like she's in the foreground on the right. Carl's in the center, kind of mid um not in the background but mid middle ground, and and Updike is like at those doors to leave. And it's really beautifully set up, and the camera just kind of sits there over Miss Emily's shoulder as Carl comes in, asking what's going on. Why is he so happy? And they talk for a moment. Oh, Vincenzo's mad at you. And then at that moment, the camera kind of sweeps around uh, Miss Emily, so you can see into Vincenzo's office, and you can see him standing there leering at Carl. And yeah. it's, it's it's really a nicely it's really a nicely done scene
3: well it's a, it's a it's a great line delivered by her I miss yes. Emily because it's like why is he so happy he's like you're in trouble yep yeah, yep yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, uh, oh, you know there's Tony like glaring at him like uh, uh, <laughs> and Carl's in there and he tries to be as you know
0: nice as <laughs> nice as nice as he can but uh, yeah. you know, something else is going on And,
3: and Tony's uh, got that look like You know like your dad when you come home And you're like oh yeah. crap You know what you're going to get your ass beat <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And sometimes you know why and sometimes you don't yeah. So you're like I.
0: No. <laughs> so it's a little iffy sometimes but, uh, but the episode does also Have Julie Adams in it It uh, does The great Julie Adams playing a very drunk woman in the first scene And a not as drunk woman in the second scene uh, But she, it's always great to see her I always like to see her you know, stuff we talked. She was in a search episode a few episodes ago uh, that oh, Mitchell yeah. and I talked about. But it's nice to see her. And um, Carl has a great moment where he pulls out of her driveway, and there's someone, um, the government agent, not watching him, and he kind of, um, right. And he kind of pulls up alongside him and asks him how he's doing, and, and just uh, yeah. talks to him for a moment, and then drives away. Sort of the classic. Um, you know, uh, if, if you're wondering where I'm going next, I'll be over here, kind of thing.
3: Well, you know, the, the thing that's so great about that, well, first of all, I love the fact that the secret agent is driving a green Pinto. <laughs> yes, he
0: is. <laughs> yeah, they haven't got, you know, it's like Mulder and they always did a little better than that when they
3: went yeah. to towns. Yeah, but, you know, because remember David Chase, you know, is the head writer, and he duplicated this scene on The Sopranos. Oh, did there's this. Yes, uh, there's the scene where like the FBI guys are sitting there parked outside Tony's house, and Tony pulls up. He's like, "Hey, how you guys doing? Maybe I'll go get you some lunch, you know, or whatever. <laughs> I'm gonna go downtown if you want to follow me down there, you know." Yeah. And uh, you know, so it, it was kind of a, a great little yeah. uh, scene. You kind of go, "Ah, I see where that came from," mm-hmm. you know. Um, I I I like the fact that there's a in the cast. There's some some faces that are if you're you know, into old movies, you might recognize like Myron Healy is the colonel at the end, mm-hmm. uh, and he was in a lot of you know, like B stuff in the 40s and 50s. Um, uh, Bert Freed is the captain, the police yes, captain he yeah. deals with, and you, you know how many people know he was the original Columbo on TV? Uh, uh, I didn't know
0: that, or did I? I may have known that. I feel like yeah, I he knew was
3: that. in the uh, the Chevy Mystery Hour. Oh, wow. They did an adaptation uh, called Enough Rope, and he played uh, Columbo opposite. Um, oh, who was it? Who played um, the uh, Gene Barry character? It's, it's basically the same story as uh, Prescription Murder. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and um, oh gosh, what was who was the guy? Uh, now it's now it's going to drive me nuts. Um, you can, no, you, can, anyway, you can tell me
0: you could tell me next time for the next yeah, episode. It,
3: it's, uh, somebody, you know, actually is a kind of an interesting choice. Uh, if you know prescription murder and you see Gene Barry and Peter Falk, then it's like, Ooh. oh wow. Uh yeah. and I actually watched this on YouTube. You can find it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And it's such an interesting different interpretation of the Lieutenant Colombo character. All right. Yeah. Oh. Because if you know Bert Freed and you see him in this episode, he's a Big bear of a man.
0: Yes, yeah.
3: yeah. As opposed to Peter Falk, who's very short and you know yes. unassuming. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a very different interpretation. Mm-hmm. But uh, you got also you got the security guard guy uh, is played by Don Barry, mm-hmm. you know who was the original Red Rider in the Red Rider serial. Hey. Did a lot of westerns, Uh, so there's there's some fun faces in this one too. Yeah,
0: and the guy who's the mortician or the cosmet I I I know the the face. I I, um I forgot to look up who the the actor's name. I'll do that for next time too. Next time we got we got we got homework for the Trevi collection. We got to find out the two names. (laughs) But we'll be back. And I think this this one has for the first time in a while. It has a scene where um our lead um um. Not not a monster. He's not a villain. The, but the lead, uh, whatever it is, Carl's after. There's a big the attack and the cops everywhere, and and he he beats them all up and he right. yeah. It's, it's it's and it's actually uh, like this one. This, this is this is done during the day, as opposed yeah. to all the others. But this is nicely done. I think I think it's a nicely done scene. It's cut well. The stunts are good. And the scene where he rips the fire escape off the wall and basically drops it. On some yeah. cops, he's <laughs> like, "Wow, yeah. that was good. That was good. <laughs> I like that." So, so that was I. 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 Really, that's a, that's a nice scene because he, he he like leaps out of the window of the mortuary, and all the cops come running at him, and he's throwing them around. And there's a great moment where um, one of the cops rushes at him, and he goes to um. I like hit the cop and knock him away and as he's doing that his mask goes a little crooked and so he's like throwing the cop ar- away with one arm and like fixing his mask with yeah. the other sort of so they can't see what he is and I like that um, I like that
3: so. I wish I knew who the mortician was um, because I, I, I was looking at the you know the IMDB and I don't see uh, the look, mortician in there anywhere she'd... and he was an interesting performance um, yes He's, I'm a cosmetologist. Very a very unctuous uh, yeah. character. You know, say, like, oh, I thought he was one of yours. You know, <laughs> to the cops. And he's,
0: I know him from something. I know him from something. It's going to drive me nuts unless I talk about something else real quick right now. I like. I for a second I thought that the Terrell Institute that that Carl tries to go into and the security guard you know, gives them the sass. You know, you, the security, yeah, gives Ooh. them the sass. Um, actually, for a split second, I thought that was the entrance. It still looks like it. I thought that was the entrance of the Huntington Gardens in San Marino because it looks exactly like mm. it. I don't think it is. Um, but it looks exactly like the entrance mm. of the Huntington Gardens, which makes me think that I haven't been there in a while. We used to go there all the time. and They have, a, like, a high T... Where you get, um, you have the lovely little sandwiches and little cookies mm. and biscuits and not not dog biscuits, you know, biscuits a la, you know, English biscuits and, and a really nice tea, and then you walk around the gardens. I've not been there in a couple of years, two two years in fact. Wow. Uh, uh. <laughs> All right. Oh, so what else? You, what else do you have on this? I was a I was a million. I always think of whenever I do that. I always think of uh, the uh, the great. Uh, um, there's a sketch in Monty Python's Flying Circus. I think it's, I forget. I, th- I think it's the. Th- it might be the one with the, um, uh, um, where the. Uh, it's it's a murder mystery. Someone's been killed. Michael Palin plays the police officer, and then Terry Jones shows up as another police officer and starts singing a song.
3: Yeah. And
0: then, <laughs> and there's a moment in it where, um, uh, Michael Palin is investigating everyone, and he says, "Okay, so what we know, is that the murder came in." And and he sort of looks up in the air And he gets a sort of blissful smile On his face That goes out for about five seconds And then he looks at everyone looking at him And he goes, oh, I'm sorry, I was a million miles away Where was I? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's great. It just comes out of nowhere It happens and it's done And I always, for a split second there I was a million miles away uh, I forget, I think that's the one that ends with Oh, that's how to recognize different parts of the body Yes Yes yeah. That's because it ends with Graham Chapman doing his Bing-tittle-tittle-bong song And then it points The arrow points at his butt And it says the end Yeah, yeah. That's the there's, there's like right before Terry Jones does his "So I'm a little bit sad and lonely Now my baby's gone away Right before that There's like a two minute Agatha Christie style bit Where yeah. um I'm, a, I'm here investigating a Burnley A yeah, murder Yes a murder Um uh... I went away again. Uh, So, um, what else? What else do you have on this one? I mean, I think I think it's an excellent episode. It's great. It's great that it isn't. um, It's um, the last episode was straight up horror. This is sort of sci-fi, very much um, uh, post Watergate. Watergate sci-fi
3: kind of. Yeah, it's definitely got a different feel. Um, It it doesn't feel like you know, with the exception of the the, that opening where you know, like uh, you know, where. Updike's happy because he's in trouble. Mm. Um, it, it's got a much more sober approach, yes. And you know, at the end, it even it is almost kind of open ended because he's like, you know, well, who knows what, how they're they're going to program the next one? Yeah. You know, what are they going to what are they going to put in its programming? You know, like mm. are they going to make a, make it a murderer or, you know, whatever? Are they going to make an army of them? Um, yeah. And I, I just, oh, man, I, I was really surprised because I remember yeah. as a kid, I remember like, uh, robot. Who cares? You know, yeah. I, I just wasn't that in, into it. I yeah. wanted to see a monster. Damn it, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, this was when was Westworld. It's seventy seventy three. So we oh, had, yeah. had some robots in that, but um, but I always I always think the same thing. <laughs> this is one of those ones like Firefall, that when I look at the titles, if I haven't watched a show in a while, I go, oh. Yeah. But again, like Firefall, I got to the end of it and I was like, wow, that was really good. They re- they did a really nice job on that. And then like the scene where he goes to visit the senator and the senator is all like, hey, yes, oh, Mr. Kolchak, how are you? <laughs> Tell me about Ring. Ring, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> and the yeah. senator's just being like this <laughs> kind of jackass. And there's a moment in there where um, uh, I-, I-, I forget um, – uh, where actually, you t- give me uh, you you talk for a moment. I am just going to see if I can queue up just so I can get the dialogue right for what Carl says. Give me one more thing you liked about it.
3: Uh, well, oh well, I will say I, I did find out not <laughs> necessarily this this episode, <laughs> but uh, I, the other uh, the person who played the Jean Barry role was Richard Carlson. Oh sure, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and by the way, again, if you can find that on YouTube, it's there in several prints, I believe. Check out Enough Rope. Uh, It's the Chevy Mystery Show. It's really an interesting little, you know, curio to see uh, what it would be like to have somebody else play Columbo. Um, And it's 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 a different experience. They change some of the plot points and they change the ending a little bit. Uh, But Levinson and Link were kind of tinkering around with that before they finally got to Prescription Murder. So yeah,
0: Um, I think, I uh, think yeah. I th- thank you. Thank you. For that was some wonderful that was that fantastic everyone. No one <laughs> does filler like Tim. No, I'm kidding. Okay. I'm kidding. It's it's like we're on, we're on like a live report like the Rose Parade or something and suddenly or like the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and like the Garfield float didn't show up in time so you just have to you know jam on the you know the uh, majorettes you're watching or something. Yeah, there these are great majorettes. Look at whoa, look at that. Yeah, that's fantastic. Look at the baton. Whoa, hey. That was wonderful. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. <laughs> that, but it's um, he's asking. Um, so he's talking to the senator. Uh, what do you think about the the um, the uh, that uh, the guy who died? And they're calling it a heart attack. And the senator's like, Yeah, oh, it's it's uh, oh that yeah, I heard about that. It's a tragedy. A great man. A great man. A, a great mind. Oh, that's and Kolchak says that's all great stuff for the campaign trail, but we're not there right now. And I'm not exactly Jimmy Olsen, cub reporter. So why yeah. don't we just talk to each other like two grown up human beings, senator? And I like that because that's the moment where the senator like turns turns against him. Uh, that's yeah, the moment he, where like
3: his face turns sinister looking. Yes,
0: and, and he calls in his gigantic, you know, Frau Buchler, um, you yeah. know, sort of uh, <laughs> uh, secretary or whoever, and yes, get but, me the military. And I I, and that that's a great moment because that isn't that isn't that's a really good Carl moment. But that's not a Carl moment we see much where it's like, okay, enough with the BS. We're two grown men. Could we talk like two grown men? just for uh, like eight sentences maybe and I you know and you could stop running me in circles and of course it doesn't happen he gets, he gets tossed out by by um, Frau Buchler Bue- <laughs> Buechler? what's her name Bue-
3: uh, 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 Frau Blucher Bl- Blucher yes um, um, Oh, by so, the way I don't know yeah. did you notice that the, the you know the company that makes this uh, makes mr. ring is the Terrell corporation Susan Terrell? <laughs> as in Blade Runner?
0: Oh, oh sure. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I was thinking of the woman from um, Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker. Yes. Oh, yeah. No. No. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. No. I I hadn't thought of that.
3: Yeah. Huh. The Terrell Corporation. It's like ah. Oh, it's like did did uh, Ridley Scott watch this or something?
0: Yeah. I I would. I would bet. I'm, well, probably not. If he was because <laughs> if this is because I was just going to say this is around the time. If this is this is early this is late seventy four early seventy five right is this because yeah. uh, this was around the time they were making the first Tom Baker season of Doctor Who and Ridley Scott was supposed to originally be the designer of the story of The Ark in Space but he got called away to do something else so there's oh, wow. a chance so and, and as this was a failed American te- a lot of failed American TV shows went to Europe Gemini Man Cliffhangers
3: <clears> are <throat>
0: two are two of them Misfits of Science. There you yeah, go.
3: Did, didn't they combine a couple episodes and make, like, quote-unquote, you know, feature films out of them to ship to Europe?
0: Of uh, Kolchak? Or... Of
3: Kolchak, yeah.
0: Yes, they did. Yes, they did. We, we can talk about that next time because I haven't written any of that down. But they did. They did. <laughs> there, there were at least two or three. And they may have actually shown them on TV in America.
3: I think too, they I, did. I think on, like, CBS late night. Yeah. Um. Uh. So, so, oh, so,
0: so, so, yeah, so actually, really, yeah, Ridley Scott was supposed to do the Ark and Space design, uh, but for some reason he didn't. So I'm, I'm guessing he probably didn't see this, but it would have been maybe someone working on it was a big Kolchak fan and it um, always stuck in the back of their mind.
3: Maybe, you know. Uh, so, so what, uh,
0: what else do you have on this one? I'm gonna skip a note.
3: I, I think that might be it for me. Uh-huh. Um,
0: yeah, I think I do like um, uh, a, f- a few little things I like. Yeah, is the uh, when he breaks in the library and he steals the um, the cassettes, right? Uh, to like learning philosophy and Thomas Aquinas and such like that, and um,
3: yeah, because he's trying to become uh, yes. human. He's anything has to do with philosophy, philosophy,
0: yeah. yeah. And uh, I like the the um, Carl's description of the. Uh, where the um, the Tyrell, Tyrell the Ring project is like, remember when you were a kid and they showed you the big slice of pie that showed where all the money went,
1: and this <laughs> went to
0: the military and this went to services, da da da. Well, there's another part of the pie, the LMO, you know, and he just says, "There's another part that you know you don't uh, you don't know about," and that was that was a uh, that was it's it's really a nicely done episode. I'm just looking at it here, just making sure I don't have anything else, but I don't think I do. So, um, hmm. yeah. Overall, uh, overall, a very good episode. Nicely done. Nicely put together, uh, with a, I think a very a good ending, with with uh, with the robot. I mean, like a sad ending, but a, a nicely done ending.
3: Yeah, it's an and, oddly uh, unique ending. It's it, it's very uh, tragic and, and uh, yes. touching, which is weird for a, a Shack episode. Yeah, usually it's uh, like, ha
0: ha, we got it, you know. Yes, and if, in fact, it's, it's it's almost so lord of so, so, lord of, so uh, such so it's almost <laughs> such uh, it's that almost overwhelms the bits where you think, what the hell did they do to Carl? yeah because you you see the ending and it's all, it's almost like you, you you can't because when he starts talking at the beginning of the episode, it's you hear that at the beginning of every episode, so sometimes a bit of it almost went over my head as I was just waiting for him to set it up. you know, but then in the end, when he mentions it again, it's almost kind of drowned out by kind of the ending and the oh that was that was tragic and then and then wait a minute, what have they done to Carl? Oh boy. Carl goes through a lot he's only got the two TV movies in the 20 episodes but he went through a lot oh yeah so what uh, I guess, I guess um, so if you don't have anything else on this one uh, where can we find you online what's going on
3: uh, well, uh, I uh, co-host Beauty the Beast and the Bees with Kelly Hogaboom. Uh, we're a uh, B movie genre film podcast, and um, I believe we're going to be discussing the new release Scream Five, or oh. or just Scream, scream. as they're calling it for reasons I'll never understand. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm sure we're going to have a couple of video releases that we we talk about as well. Um, and you know, we're on SoundCloud and. Apple Podcasts, and you can find us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and uh, you know Grindr for all I know. I don't. Know.
0: <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> um, so that was yeah. So uh, that was episode twelve. We we've only got eight left. Actually, eight is a lot, but um, uh, not as many as eighty. Shut up. <laughs> uh, so so that that was Mister Ring. I, I think another great up two great episodes in a row. Next up is the Trevi Collection, which. I don't remember at all. No, next up is Primal Scream. I'm sorry, why did I think the Trevi Collection? Primal mm-hmm. Scream, which I don't remember at all either. So, hey, there we go. That's uh, that's that's great. <laughs> I don't remember either of them at all. So, um, so uh, uh, let's uh, let's uh, I'll take a deep breath. Let's go to our special place, a million miles away, and listen to this. <laughs> Star Galactica, Episode 5, The Long Patrol, written by Donald Belisario, directed by Christian I. Niby, Nyby, NYBY second October 15, 1978, Starbucks is out flying an experimental Viper, and has it uh, stolen from him by a smuggler. Somehow, as he's looking for it, he winds up on a uh, planet which is a giant, basically penal <laughs> colony. And the, the prisoners have been there so long that their children take over the sentences for them and the guards are there so long that their children take over the guarding for them. And Starbuck is trying to get out of there, but everyone's kind of... Uh, they make this stuff called Ambrosia, which everyone's kind of getting a little tipsy off of. And Starbuck also discovers, as folks are, lo- folks are looking for him, that um, there may be a clue in this colony to the location of Earth. I'll play a little blast of something. Mr. Bly and I are on the other side. <laughs> Contrary to what I thought previously This is not the Lost Patrol This is the Long Patrol And I'm here to talk about the Long Patrol With the great Chris Bly Chris, how
2: are you? Hello, hello, Daniel, I'm pretty good so far And how about you?
0: Doing okay, I don't know why I thought This was called the Lost Patrol I think it's, it's the previous three episodes Had lost in the title So for some reason I thought this was lost too It's just long I don't know, is that sounding perverse or is that uh i i don't know
2: I, I guess it might have i mean because we had other long things going on there and just we kept we yeah. kind of got a little lost in the shuffle there but somehow yeah you know it just we just realized no it's not just lost it's long so it's like uh, uh, like yes. it's like boxy said in one of the episodes no it's not just not because something's wrong with the present it's just slow so in that case slow could also be long so
0: long yes welcome to the long slow patrol Episode I Forgotten of Battlestar circle It's some it's some great episode. It's wait, it's one, two, three, four. It's the fifth one that aired. So Chris, <laughs> pardon me while I cough. What do you think of this one?
2: Oh, well, this is another one where we focused on one character uh, past the other. Like the last one kind of was like an Apollo episode. This one was kind of like a um Starbucks episode. Hello?
0: I oh oh I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say. Um, I think the thing I like about this episode that it does that the the um, uh, the last one doesn't do is that it one brings in the guys, mm. brings in some other people, and two it spends about the first twelve or thirteen minutes being wacky with yeah. Starbucks and the ladies, <laughs> well, yeah, and it's, so it's when doing the
2: relationships, yes.
0: Yes, yeah, so so when we actually get to the sort of the plot, as it were, with robber and these people who are prisoners forever, making the ambrosia and everything like that, we're really like about halfway into the story. So mm. so it's not this is this isn't the world's quickest um, um, story, but it's much quicker than the last one.
2: Yes, even and though it, it does say long, yes
0: yeah, yeah well, and because it does hold off uh, because it does hold off bring us to uh and it does it does it actually has a lot of stuff going on because once it does the um once it does the thing with um uh, with the ladies mm. on the rising star um you get the thing with Korra and the new uh, ship uh, that he's on that that doesn't have any laser power but is faster than any other ship out there. Which is a cool concept. Yeah,
2: it's just like lasers. Lasers, I guess, added too much weight onto that.
0: Yeah, it's too. It's too bad that in order to make it faster, they had to take off the defensive mm. stuff. But I guess the Flash doesn't carry a gun. Yeah, and he gets along okay. Well, it makes but you then the Flash if this can is, generate lightning.
2: It makes you wonder if Zach was at this particular ship at that time.
0: I just uh, forgot what I was going to say. Something great, I bet. (laughs) Something great. I'm sorry. Well, it's interesting. In this episode,
2: we see Boxy uh, is wearing red this time. You know, it's like, well, now we have another Mm. color Mm. scheme outside of the black, the brown, and the beige. We now have, you know, and, of course, we saw Balter had greed earlier and no no toga. And now we have him in red. I mean, we're hoping that that's not an indicator that uh, Boxy's going to become a red shirt sometime along, you know, referencing another (laughs) show. Oh, hopefully. Oh, no. Hopefully not.
0: Oh no! I had never thought. I never thought. I've I actually have that plane right here, right now, and he's he's sitting with it uh, with Apollo, and they're they're looking out, and um, they're talking to uh, uh the the that dog thing, Muffet, there, and um, uh yeah, and he's got the red shirt on. That never occurred to me. Don't leave the room. Stay in the room with everyone. Don't go away. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. What now? What do you think about the um that 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 planet of of the prisoners? The idea behind that.
2: Well, now we know the origin of where this beloved uh, booze comes from. You know, is uh, yes. the, oh, the ambrosia sweet booze? Mm. Ambrosia ale is fr- uh, gone from the mess hall. Where is this? You know, uh, it's we we kind of see that this is uh, got uh, some uh, taste to it. But yeah, it's it's kind of like you know, like the the weaker prison of sorts. Like, it's not exactly there. It's-
0: it's, it's it's I think the thing that makes it a tricky prison is that the moment um, Starbucks begins to speak out and say like you're not taking the Ambrosia anywhere, you're not doing with it, like immediately the prisoners revolt and are able to sort of half take over. Mm. It's like I I feel like we're at the point where um, uh, they've been doing this so long that you know the prisons aren't really locked and no one's they're not the the guards aren't going anywhere, the prisoners aren't going anywhere. They're just making their booze, drinking it, and and storing it away. And it isn't until someone comes in and says, "Hey," be, before anyone kind of moves around. And um, it's, I, I guess it just takes one prisoner who doesn't drink. I guess then to say mm-hmm. like, what are we all doing? <laughs> Why is yeah, this and going we, on?
2: We got this like, and we also got this other guy taken in another one of the ships there, going like, you know,
0: oh, I gotta get a yes.
2: family and everything.
0: Yeah, I guess the way the fact that he got out and got, got his family out with him was kind of mm. a little odd.
2: Just oh crazy, and then it's like, it, yeah. and then it's like you know, Cora. They have all this red light communication. I keep on thinking, or just from that rapper machine in war games, where it's just like you got these crazy red lights going.
0: Yes, yes, yes. And she's got—I forget what Cora stands for, but it's fun. Whatever whatever the name of it is. It's a fun name. And um and I, I, I was surprised like when Robert gets in the in the Viper with Cora, Cora isn't like, uh, who are you? Yeah. It was she is she is kind of, but she's not like who are you and I'm not going anywhere until Starbuck comes back. He's like, Who are you? You're not Starbuck. Yeah, I'm not uh, go to the Altarian system or, or wherever it is he wants to go. Okay, but you're not Starbuck, well then don't take him anywhere. It's- if, why are you taking him somewhere?
2: just go know. to manual and get the auto off
0: yeah, exactly. yeah and, and there's um there there's, there' there's actually a lot of uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff that goes on in this episode at the at the end it's that the, like the prisoner and the stuff I'm still not sure I, I like the concept of it I like the concept that prisoners you' you the sons and the daughters live out the sins of the prisoners forever.
2: Yeah, and you also um, have uh, Starbucks isn't blocking this one too. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. So, so he kind of kind of has like a Sundance Kid thing going there. I,
0: I, I just I just think with the um, with the the thought of like I, I would think there must be like one prisoner through all these generations who's like, hey, you know what? I'm not going to have any kids. Then <laughs> then if I die, the prison sentence is uh, I uh, is it over? Mm. You, you would you would think that there'd be it's it's one it's one of those ideas that's a fun idea to think about, mm. but the more you think about it, the more it becomes like I'm not sure <laughs> about the about this one because it's not like they're like in a um, it's not like they're in a huge like um a, like a huge uh, uh, room or something like that they're all in cages,
2: mm.
0: and somehow they're able to cultivate families mm. and continue for generations doing nothing but drinking, preparing ambrosia in these cases. I mean, maybe there's some conjugal trailers or something that we don't see. I don't know. This was network TV in in the 70s. They had had to know
2: their their way, but then also they had like Boomer is thinking Doom for Starbuck, you know, and he's... And then we finally get a little bit of Baltar and Lucifer again, but they were kind of absent from the last episode too. They were, yeah. Yeah, and then yeah, and then it's right like on. and then you know it's like it seems to me like you know also between the two gals and Starbuck it's like Athena knows what Cassie knows and Cassie knows vice versa so okay.
0: uh-huh.
2: it's kind of like that and then uh, one of these prisoners also had like like Ozzy Osbourne like round purple shaped glasses. <laughs>
0: Yes, he did. When they cut to him, it's it's by some of the there. I mean, and a lot of them are. Forgive me. Are they Irish? Yeah, I, we can
2: never. We, uh, we can never get like the European accent like cleared in there somewhere.
0: I thought it was sometimes Irish. Then it felt a little Scottish. Mm. I wasn't sure. And the the lady in there who's the. Um, uh, <clears throat> Like the uh, they don't call her the prostitute. I forget what they call her, but the one who's like, you know, what is starbucking? That one. I'm like, <laughs> oh, that that lady. And the way she says, "What is starbucking?" I'm sure should have probably been. I was offended by the way she said that. They that surely should. That should have been true. They're,
2: they're lucky up they got Freudy at, at one point the...
0: <laughs> Just the way, she says it once, and you're like, ooh, that sounds very naughty. And then when she says it again, you're like. You're like you're expecting all the kids sitting with mom and dad to go, Mommy, what's Starbucking? Meanwhile well back like, on the go that...
2: there they're like practically almost given the eulogy for Starbuck in this case, going yes. like you know, it's like, Oh, you know it's we, we we, love the blend, you know, it's all the worried look on the ladies' faces they're like, Oh, guess who we don't have coming back? You know, it's and you, know, you don't have the one person that's say like, Oh, thank god I had to clear up that cigar smoke for god knows how long, you know it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. the butler. And they
0: and you do have a, a this episode I think the second episode in a row where because apollo goes after him too yeah. and um and uh and, well all the guys go after after Starbuck but but then you have that moment where it's like um uh with with boxy like hey my dad's coming back or something like that' it's like oh that's the second episode in a row <laughs> we've where we've got that little bit and he Ap- apollo isn't even the main guy in this one it's Starbuck mm-hmm. who is um who is? And I love that Starbuck is mainly interested in trying to get as many crates of the Ambrosia mm. back to the Galactica, which I guess he'll be able to sell, mm. or, uh, or maybe if, on the Rising Star, a little, which a looks little more like a little for
2: like you know, like the space states that he's going to have with some of these gals. As he you know, is practically like yeah. the swinger of the bunch here, you know. It's,
0: yes. Yeah, I like the Rising Star, which seems to be just like. Um, well, it's not Vegas in space, but it's it's just kind of a, a beautiful. It's almost like a, a, it's almost like a cruise ship.
2: Mm. It's,
0: it's like it's like a cruise ship in space. Yes, it's kind you of know, it's, it's, it's,
2: it's kind of it's kind of like the Mister Lucky in there with like the, ga- the game.
0: Yes, exactly. The Mister like, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. It's kind of this lovely little spot. It's it's the fun ship you go mm. to, and it's like why wouldn't everyone just spend all their time on that fun ship? Yeah, and I've, and I've, uh,
2: you you might bump into Brett Maverick at some point there.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. And you, you, uh, although, although you do think, of course, the last time they all went to like a fun place like this, there were Cylons and monsters <laughs> in the basement. So well, maybe, maybe the Rising Star is holding some secrets.
2: Yeah, and not only that, the Cylons do have their little moments here and there on this episode. Not as much as some of the other ones, but what's weird no. is when they did a close-up on the ship, it almost looked like—is it me or did I see that the the Cylon ship of three? They always have like they always seem to have three in there. There was ship. The three, yeah. This one looked like it had like Venetian blinds on it or something. Like
0: it, it not not only did it have Venetian blinds, but it looked like they were either all drunk or the cameraman was falling back and forth. It looked like they were doing like a wacky sort of Batman fight scene yeah. kind of thing. When you see them, it looks a little
2: weird. Yeah, it's, yeah. The Ambrosia has taken effect. Yes, <laughs> the
0: Cylon Ambrosia. That's the worst. Mm. I, I I the the thing I like about this one is that um, one of the things I like about it is that. The Cylons are only really brought into it because, like in the in the previous episode, the Cylons um, appear apart from Red Eye just appear at the beginning when, when Apollo is taking them away from the Galactica. Mm. But in this one, you get the thing where Bo- uh, Boomer, sorry, where um, a robber steals the uh, Boomer's there too, but robber steals the the ship, Starbucks ship, and is transmitting a a merchant code. Mm to try to find um, the, he wants someone to give him directions to a planet where he can sell the Ambrosa but the problem is that the merchant code is going out, the Cylons are getting it, the Galactica is getting it, and they think it's some sort of coded military thing mm-hmm. and so the Cylons send three ships after it, and everyone in the Galactica is standing around going, what the heck is this, and it, but it's a merchant code that none of them recognize, mm-hmm. which Cassiopeia uh, does and um, but I, I kind of like that moment that the, the Cylons weren't really involved at all until this guy stole the super fast ship yep. and was just trying to help his family and sent a code that confused the Cylons who sent the three ships. And I like that there are three ships because during the final fight you get it isn't one of those things where it's like how many ships are there? There are forty ships. There are thirty ships. How many ships? No, there are three of of the the good guys and three of the Cylons, mm. unless you think the Cylons are the good guys, then you're maybe listening to the wrong podcast <laughs> but but they're, they're, they're very clearly three against three, which I, I like when you when they sort of
2: delineate yeah, so it's kind of like an even what, Steven kind happened. of thing on this one, yes. and also of course they had the declaration of, show us the loading docks, Crode like a... yeah. <laughs> Crode, I
0: mean, I mean what
2: a name, Crode
0: you know? yeah, <laughs> Crode <laughs> oh, Crode Ah, uh, crowed. Um, uh, what 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 else on this one? I mean, I think I I'm, It's I, I prefer the episodes that are the more epic ones, mm. but I think this has enough going on in it. Mm. To, it's it's not like I didn't cheer at the end of the
2: episode. Yeah, but it was also but it, I enjoyed it was it. like adding to the mischief that is Starbuck, you know, go like and, Starbuck, oh, come yes. on. it's like the like, Ambrosa yeah, all goes up. It's almost like when you see some of these movies go like, I've I've robbed them of all the money and I'm going to be rich and then at the end, of course, the, the oh, doggy no. the doggy comes and, you know, uh takes takes all the suitcase <laughs> and the money goes flying. It's like uh, well, <laughs> it all falls up, in the river, uh, Yeah, yeah. It would have been a beautiful yeah, that, it would have been a beautiful uh, farm there with that stuff there. It's,
0: uh, yeah, it's, it's it's it 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 has. I I think I think it wins out as far as like if last one was Apollo and this one was a Starbucks, this one definitely wins out for me because it's um uh like I said, I'm not 100 percent convinced by the prisoners and everything, but the the fact that they have the wacky in like the first act and then and then the traveling in the ship and what the heck is going on in the second act and then the second half is with these people and the Ambrosia and the, and the Cylons and everything like that. I think um. I think that's the way to do a one-hour episode like this. You got you got to have more than just a simple, um, the Western thing that was yeah. in the previous episode. That it simply wasn't wasn't enough.
2: Yeah, I yeah, think this is this is like, that was, that was like the once is not enough episode, and this one is like okay, we're going to throw a yeah. little more. You know, throw a little like tiny space battle there with um yes. with uh, what's it the uh, uh, Starbuck having almost like the Tron helmet on here is. is
0: yeah, 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 and and we'll get um, and and we'll have the guys show up too and help out, and then we'll have a big uh, big battle around the mm-hmm. people and everything, and um, uh, I think yeah, I think, I mean, I I think if if we're gonna for the one hour episodes, I prefer this to the previous.
2: Sure, one. and you know, once and again, I, there's always a Muffet question. The Muffet question that comes up here is: Does Muffet get booze on Ambrosia? We never know.
0: <laughs> yes, precisely, and. Um, I I, I I will say I, I I do like when they land on the planet. I mean, the, the last planet they landed on wasn't um wasn't a big hoot. But I, I like when they like the <laughs> one of the interesting things about this planet is that all the prisoners and all the people there, even though they are prisoners forever, even though they are guards forever, they believe they are fighting. And mm. well, they're not. They're not. But they believe they're on the side of our good guys. Yes. Down with the Cylons! We're we're going after you know where the where we're all for the um, I don't even know what we call our good guys. What do they call the Imperial? The, what what the, are they? The
2: Colonial Army? The uh, the, the yeah okay the, the Imperious <laughs> fighters with an Imperious leader.
0: I, I will go for any of those. Mm. As being the right one But 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 I do like the fact that there's Because c- obviously there there are, there are tons of Planets that they're going to land on as they're looking For Earth mm-hmm. that are uh, Filled with people who have no idea mm-hmm. What they're talking about And I like that this one is just filled with these people Who spend all their time making ambrosia That just sits in a warehouse But they think it's going to help make everyone Nice and happy yeah. after long battles And help them defeat the Cylons Help them defeat the
2: Cylons, get back, have the big uh, banquet On the rising star and then, mm-hmm. and, yes. and then uh, it's it's interesting how they say like you know oh yes we're coming home yes why don't you just stay home yeah you know, it's, like it's, it's such a good <laughs> time to have on there
0: yes we need please because we need we need even more groups of people on these ships this ragtag group of ships please we need to we need to cl- hoover up yes. everyone from the planets the
2: what,
0: what what did you th- what what did you think of the. Um, uh, what, what, just, what were your thoughts on the map, Boxy's map, Boxey's map. at the end?
2: Uh, I think it's sometimes it's a simple ages oldest time kind of thing there. Uh, with uh, but um, mm-hmm. like I said, once again, it's his continuing tra- it's continuing training to become uh, a colonial warrior of sorts, mm-hmm. and um, it was going to lead you somewhere. You know, it's at some point that was uh, the creativity uh, that yeah he passes it off over to Apollo. And uh, oh, it's it's, it's even Buck, even it gets Muffet's approval, but it's kind of like he's looking at the galaxy from another way, and it's like, who knows if he has like an inner kind of uh, vision of sorts of mm-hmm. what he imagines the galaxy mm-hmm. to be like. In that case, yes. It's, I mean, it's it's yes. now. I also wonder too is that you know to to almost if you want to really link it to another show, were these the plans that Mike Brady had in the amusement park that he lost?
0: they could have been. <laughs> hmm. That's that might be another podcast. Mm. Uh, that might...
2: but just the thought when anybody <laughs> brings what... in like a rolled piece of paper and maybe a tube, <laughs> yes. but, you know, just the thought, you know, on that way, that mm-hmm. think there, there could be something linking into that uh, verse as well. I,
0: I I and I I like when when yeah, Starbuck mentions yeah the the planet being in the wrong spot and the um and sort of again the portending of Earth. And and the moment where um Robber there says something like, Oh, I know what you're talking about, Starbuck. Uh, my dad used to say there was a man in the cell next to him and they called him the silent man and he just drew planets and stars all the all all the time on his <laughs> ship. And and everyone at the everyone at the table is looking at him like, What? <laughs> and, then, what? and then and then and then Robber's response is, Is it important? I said, Well, maybe <laughs> maybe.
2: <laughs> maybe. I don't know. We have a close up on okay. the Maybe
0: and, like, oh,
2: please, <laughs> and then, like, please And then, of yes. course, he goes into the reading of Lloyd Green once again. Mention of Earth. That's right. It's going to the last call.
0: Mention of, of Earth. Yeah, I, I did think a bit at this. Um, this uh, I, I get the mention of Earth at the end of this one, but there was a bit of when it ended. I had to watch it again because I was like, "What did I miss?" Yeah. Okay, I think partly because Starbucks says, "Oh, the blue planet is in the right place, but there isn't a blue planet mm. on the map." <laughs> There's, well, there's a green planet well, do, there's a we, red planet with a blue ring you know
2: boxy's not colorblind mm.
0: true mm. true so so it's just one of those weird moments where you think maybe in the script it said blue planet mm. but maybe maybe when they drew it someone used a color that was more someone green. screwed up
2: on the props yeah you know,
0: because because you don't see Starbucks like looking at mm. it you see hands holding it and then Starbucks face. So I'm wondering if it was a different color in the script and they didn't change it. Because I'm sitting looking and going, there's no blue planet on that map.
2: Well, All I could, I, I'm all I could keep thinking is, like, you know, they show him the map and he's like, oh, maybe it's in the wrong spot. <laughs> I wish they would have had, like, a close-up <laughs> of everybody looking, like, pissed at him. Like, <laughs> it's like, uh, uh, did, I, did I say the wrong Yeah, did, what I, did I say it?
0: Because that, that does have a bit of the feeling like that, too, like, Oh, Starbuck, you did it again. <laughs> really? And, like, Boxy crying and running from the room. It's like, oh, <laughs> Starbucks. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. It's like, I did it again. And then he looks at the camera and freeze yeah, with, frames. With,
2: with, like, the biff on the head there and just the... Yes. And the freeze <laughs> frame. I did it
0: again. Wah, wah. The ragtag bunch of ships. <laughs> that would have been on good. On
2: Earth. <laughs> da, da, da. That,
0: that's the comedy version of Battlestar Galactica. We never got. Yes. But we may we may have deserved I can't say. I can't say though. So, what else do you have
2: on this one? Pretty, I think else? that's pretty much it. I'm just trying to look to see if there's anything else. I think we pretty much covered uh, all all bases, no pun intended, um, <laughs> on this. But it's funny because some of them all have positions and like number names. It's an interesting thing on that mm. one. But um, other than that, it's just like you know, it's just once again, it's a stripped down Viper, and it's funny because you know, it's uh, pl- you know, the Ambrose always had a plastic cork, and I always feel like it's. I feel like you get Orson Wells about to come in yes. there and talk about it's the vintage yes. bottle, it's vintage tainted, you know, it's it's Yes. It, no wine before, before it's time. Yeah, but, we this be, but this did come before his time there, so it's time, yes it
0: did. Uh, yeah, that, that that the the moment where Starbuck has like the um, gun in one hand and Ambrose in the other, uh, you know, he's like, I'm gonna try it and he he, he Takes the cork in his mouth and pops it off and has a sip. And then you could be a little more couth than that. stuff. Yeah,
2: well, well, well couth at Starbucks. I don't think ever ever were in the same sense. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: yeah, that's you know, that's just me. And, you know, just me trying to teach, trying to teach, yeah. trying to change Starbucks and a. And Corey,
2: you know, the amazing thing is, I'm surprised her and Doctor Theopolis didn't have like a date or something. You know, in terms of the voices <laughs> there. You know, that would have been great. Yeah, like yeah, I said, there could have been a link both shows there somewhere. And then they, I think there's a don't Damn. don't drive by chips. If they go like, oh, is Orchestra <laughs> coming in there at some point? Think, <laughs> so just something. But other than that, you know, it's like we, we got to see some progress in the show there, and yes, like it, it certainly yeah. uh, went away from like uh, the horsey planet, you know. But um,
0: yeah, but, yeah, a little a little more. Yeah,
2: and it's like, but now let's hope that uh, they don't all become allergic on Ambrosa in that case. So
0: oh dear, yeah, yeah, I um. Oh, you know, I just had one more thought, and I completely forgot it. Okay, I'm gonna if I can if I remember it, I'll yell it before we end. But um, uh, so so Chris, if that's all you got, uh, where can we find you? on? Uh, you
2: can find me on Facebook.com/slash Captain Bly. I'm also on Instagram Captain 76 We're once again continuing the first few films, uh, which is basically you know firms films I'm seeing for the first time this year uh, one per day and uh, you would be intrigued to see which ones we had we had a summer just recently um, with movies from the 90s we had the 31 days of no Oscar who knows uh, while well, at the time of this listening that you're listening to uh, what we're on uh, but uh, it's something that's continuing and it uh, keeps you with a deadline and uh, in focus and, uh, with the movie so mm-hmm. check us out and I'm, I always say I'm an eternal work in progress so you'll never know what's going to be coming up on either place so check it out
0: excellent thank you so much and and i had an interesting point i was going to make that i sure don't remember but if i come up with it later what i'll do is i'll record it and then i'll take um uh some audio of chris laughing and just (laughs) insert that in there so it'll be awesome don't forget
2: it's still long uh, and not lost (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes what was it? it was something it was a good point i had and i don't remember it at all darn it i'm sorry everyone i'll come up with it later but um uh next up oh, oh we're going to the ice planet aren't we the
2: gun yes. on ice planet zero not to be confused with zebra
0: Z- yes yes and it's a two-parter it's another big two-parter
2: Ooh, yeah, so another two-parter yes
0: how to, to that so that's fun and uh next up on adventure super train we get some of this and that was episode 120 everyone thank you so very much for listening uh, where can you find us online you were wondering to yourself or I was wondering to me to say to you this is eventually super train on Facebook super Train one on Twitter eventuallysupertrain.blogspot.com you can email me at Danny Slacks d-a-n-n-y-s-l-a-c-k-s at yahoo.com if you'd like and uh, yeah so yeah, I hope you enjoyed the show we'll be back next time and with the penultimate episode of search i'm gonna miss bianco and uh, some more galactica nonsense and and um more stuff going on with uh Kolchak. i don't remember what's happening with Kolchak. probably something scary so be good to yourselves everyone be safe and listen
2: to this